Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we, we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fensky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Tamir Wolf, CEO and co-founder of Theater. Dr. Wolf, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Excellent. Thanks for having me, Sean. Great. Um, happy to happy to have you. Um, so can you please just begin by giving a, a brief uh, overview of theater? Yeah, of course. Um, so theater is a, is a surgical data company. Um, the way the way that we started theater, the origin story, if you will, um, happened uh, a few years ago, um, living in New York at the time and witnessing significant variability um, and disparity in, in, in the world of surgery. So my background, I'm a physician by training, um, did my MD-PhD a while ago, and then um, sort of like as ROTC, um, joined uh, the Israeli Navy um, as a SEAL. Um, but a few years ago, coming from the consumer angle, I actually saw how um, healthcare is delivered, and in, in particular, um, surgery. Um, so, again, living in New York at the time, within a span of several months, I diagnosed both my wife and previous boss with appendicitis, and I took him to two mm-hmm. different hospitals um, in the city, um, seven miles apart. And the approach to treatment and treatment was very, very different. Um, in my previous mm-hmm. boss's case, um, very, you know, very protracted stay, a lot of complications, and you know, honestly, like really bad decision making. Um, with my wife, luckily for me, 12 hours in and out, it was amazing. And so I started like diving more and more into like, why is this the case? And, you know, it still is the case, unfortunately, in like 2020 um, and 2021. Why why is this happening? You know, there are, there's tremendous variability here in the United States. You know, you see all these articles and, you know, research publications showing, for example, um, you know, difference in outcomes in white kids versus uh, black kids um, undergoing mm-hmm. surgery, um, or articles where the title is "Go to the wrong hospital and you're three times more likely to die," um, and so you know this is in the United States. Not to mention, you know, everything that's going around uh, uh, around the world. And so, how can you know the thought was how can we leverage technology um, in order to tackle this, in order to level the playing field, in order like to make it true, you know, this axiom of uh, or, 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 you know, to change the fact that, you know, where where you live determines if you live. You know, this is something that we fundamentally disagree with and, and want to change and transform. And so mm-hmm. together with Dotan, uh, my co-founder, we founded theater uh, a few years ago, three years ago, with the idea that we need to unearth and surface, you know, surgical data um, and transform that data into insights um, into surgery, um, and so that's what we're that's what we're doing. Um, and for the first time, we're enabling routine video capture in the operating room, um, and are analyzing it in order to really understand what best practices look like, so that we can then disseminate them, um, and uh, you know, and improve the way that surgery is both taught and performed. So. Is this, you know, is this technology, you know, more of more of a surgical training uh, a solution, or is it? Can it be used as a surgical planning solution? Is it a little bit of both? You know, what, what's kind of the the where you classify it? So I think that um, 
you know, routine capture and analysis of intraoperative surgical uh, uh, video um, can serve quite a few uh, uh, different areas, um, especially mm -hmm. once it's coupled to patient characteristics, surgeon characteristics, outcomes. Um, you know, and these, you know, these can uh, move anywhere from uh, quality improvement, patient safety, risk management, education, training, research, operational efficiencies. There's a ton of operational inefficiency in the, um, in, in the OR, and so improving that. There are, you know, so many different areas that, you know, video can have impact on or video and analysis can have impact on. Um, and so I wouldn't classify it into, like, one bucket. I think there are various things that you can do with it, but the ground floor for all of that is to routinely capture it, which is not something that's, you know, done today. Right. So you could actually, you know, implement this system in a hospital and have, you know, a number of different surges, surgeons performing, you know, the same procedure, and you can identify, you know, for example, like you said, best practices. You know, if one surgeon performs the, the procedure with a higher success rate, uh, another one performs it at a, at a quicker rate or is able to eliminate certain, um, you know, time from certain steps, you know, you're able to basically capture all of those and, and determine best practices and, and uh, see where the, where the gains can be made. Exactly. And, and I want to stress out that, you know, this is a tool for surgeons. Um, this is a tool for them to continuously improve their craft. Um, the, the fact is that um, surgery hasn't, the practice of surgery or education also, hasn't really changed for, I think, almost 400 years. It's an apprenticeship model. Um, and this apprenticeship model within it is inherently um, significant, uh, <clears throat> significant variability because of the fact that, you know, folks train in different areas, are exposed to different training sets, uh, the idea behind a technology like this is that it can gather a huge end of experiences um, and by that eliminate the bias that comes in uh, with an individual training in a specific location. And even in, in, in one department or division in surgery, you have multiple surgeons, there's going to be variability among them um, just because, mm -hmm. you know, that's how it is when you train in different places. But now think about an institution that has multiple sites or an enterprise uh, hospital chain that has, you know, quite a few academic medical centers or community hospitals or rural hospitals, there's significant variability there. So how do you identify what best practices are, even in a specific, you know, enterprise uh, level, how do you disseminate those? How do you even, like before that, how do you understand if you have a variability and how that variability looks like and how that impacts quality and patient safety, for example. Um, today, you don't have any tools to do it. And it's quite astonishing when you think about it because surgeons are elite performers. But when you think about elite athletes or, um, or you know, fighter pilots or I come from the Navy, each and everything that we do uh, is, is something that we debrief, we analyze, we capture and are able to, you know, to take a look back and then, you know, see where we can improve. But in the world of surgery, this doesn't happen. Surgeons today have very limited tools to continuously improve their, their craft. Um, and in a world mm -hmm. where everything is like so fast paced and surgeons don't have time for anything, you know, how do you continuously make sure that a surgeon is performing at peak? 
um, you know, on a personal note, I have to say, I, I underwent substantial surgery this year. Um, and, you know, and I had the, the, the opportunity because I'm a physician and, you know, because I'm in the field to go to like the best surgeon, um, the best surgeon in the world for what I specifically had, but not all surgeons are created equal. So how do you help them continuously improve um, and become better? And that's what really is at the core of theater. So how is the, how is the actual uh, surgical procedure being, being captured? Is there a, a hardware element that's, that's tied in that's, you know, with cameras and, and that's, being used to capture it? Is it, you know, using already technology that's helping to, to visualize the surgical field? Uh, you know, how is, the, how is the video being captured? So I think this is the beauty of it. Um, there are tens of millions of procedures that are performed under visual guidance, you know, even today. Um, these are all called minimally invasive procedures. Um, I think you, you know, your audience has probably heard it. Um, and the world of surgery is moving into that direction, less and less invasive procedures when you can. And so these procedures are already performed under visual guidance. The hardware stack is already in the operating room. And so the, the beauty about what we're doing at theater is really you know, it's predominantly a software, uh, software approach where we leverage already existing technology um, and are really introducing this concept of surgical intelligence in, into the field. Um, and it's amazing. When I started talking about surgical intelligence a couple of years ago, you know, no one was talking about it, and now suddenly you hear surgical intelligence all over the place. So it seems like you know, the, the category that we're defining um, is, is, is starting to grow, but it really is a software solution um, that leverages everything that already, uh, already um, is within um, the operating room. We don't add any cameras. We don't add any sensors. We're making it as easy as possible uh, to implement a solution that can be done at scale without interrupting surgeon workflow because, you know, that's one of the things that we're really adamant about. And is there any, uh, any impact where, you know, the hospital IT department needs to get involved with, you know, installation of the software or, you know, is there – is there any sort of burden created there? I mean, as you know, you know, hospital IT's role is certainly growing. Um, how does this impact them? So, but obviously, you know, it's one of the things that we need to collaborate with the teams and the hospital, whether it's the clinical team or the IT team. Um, so obviously there is collaboration here. Um, but our mm -hmm. solution is, uh, um, is 100% uh, managed by us. And so the burden is very, very low. We need the we need the IT teams to help integrate into the um, into the video um, and electronic medical record. But other than that, everything is on us. Um, we have um, basically in including all of the storage. You know, when you think about it, uh, um, videos you know take up a lot of storage. But everything is included in what we do. The burden is on us. We work with you know the various uh, vendors. There are three main ones from a cloud uh, perspective, um, but I think that makes IT's life a lot easier uh, when it's everything is managed by us. Yeah, I would I would think so. Anything they can they can offload, they'll be happy to do so. Um, yep. And 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 what about uh, you know you know you you performed a surgery you want to share with colleagues or you want to get you know a second opinion on some aspect. Is, is that able to be performed? Does the other physician need to have 
uh, theater in place? You know, how does how does that work? No, um, you know, the, the, a surgeon can download um, a specific snippet or like an entire video. It's very easy. It's very easy to do. It's at the discretion, obviously, of, uh, you know, of the surgeon. Um, when we mm-hmm. interact, we interact at an enterprise level. And so we, we get from the specific institution that we're uh, collaborating with, um, they dictate the privileges um, and, you know, and the permission level. So, you know, specific folks are able to share with others. Um, specific folks have, you know, insight into everyone. Others, like, you know, um, are more, um, like, anonymized, um, so, so to speak, so that um, the, the idea here is to create a high level of comfort for surgeons to be able to do exactly what you're alluding to, which is, you know, share their experiences, coach others, um, and work together to continuously improve the way that they're performing uh, surgery. Mm-hmm. And and how about you know during the surgery? Is there is is the the is it purely video captured to be reviewed at a later time, or is there any sort of you know uh, you know live um, you know where where perhaps people in another room uh, are observing the the procedure through the video through theater, um, or is it is it purely recorded and then reviewed at a different at a later time so we're continuously adding capabilities uh because we annotate or tag uh um, various elements uh, specifically critical steps and events and milestones like safety milestones that need to be achieved during a procedure uh, we do all of that in real time then we have the ability to actually just like you're you're mentioning now send out notifications to um, folks who are not in the room and so for example, a chair of a department can, you know, identify that they want to understand every time that a specific procedure's complexity, once the surgeon goes into the procedure, is higher than anticipated. Or, you know, a significant bleeding um, is occurring and wants to have the ability to have impact on that. So we have all of these notifications. Obviously, there's live stream capabilities. So folks who have uh, permissions to do so can view a procedure even if they're not in the room. Um, and the, the idea here, again, is to continuously enhance and foster, um, you know, this entire approach of making surgery um, a lot more safer for the patient, um, higher mm-hmm. quality, and then continuously improving and providing, like, you know, this um, additional uh, safe rails, if you, if, you, um, if you will, for the surgeons that are performing surgery. So, We've obviously talked about a lot of the positives of the systems, a lot of the benefits, uh, and there are a, a, a good number. It's, it seems like a fantastic solution. Uh, on the on the flip side, you know, you have you have surgeons performing procedures. You know, sometimes accidents happen, sometimes mistakes occur uh, during a surgical procedure. You know, if that's captured through theater, is there any sort of uh, guidelines on you know what could be used in a in a malpractice suit, or is there you know any sort of any anything in that area, or is it just it is part of the evidence? It is you know if it's captured, it was it could be you know used in a legal procedure proceeding. Yeah, so it's a great question, and we can talk about it for I guess quite quite some time. I think um, let me take take you you know a few years back, or or ask you. Um, you know, something that, you know, for me is like extremely 
extremely interesting to, to analyze. So when we think about chest X-ray or MRI or CT, um, you know, I can't imagine that, you know, I have a CT um, that I have someone interpreting it, and then that individual throws the CT image to the trash, right? It's kept there. Mm -hmm. It's stored. Um, I think that's the evolution of the world of surgery as well. I think uh, the situation that we have right now is not something that's sustainable. Um, and I think that ultimately everything, you know, I had surgery, like I mentioned earlier this year, um, you know, I was on the operating uh, room table for eight hours. Um, it, was a, it was an open procedure, um, so it wasn't captured on video. But, you know, I, I can't imagine why, you know, you'd have a loved one um, in an OR or, you, you know, or, or, you know, like I was. Um, and, you know, nothing is captured. There's only, you know, a narrative operative report afterwards, um, which mm -hmm. can be, you know, sometimes it's an idealized version of what actually happens in surgery. Um, that's kind of like a trade secret. Um, so the, the idea here is to, um, is to add like another level of uh, documentation. And, you know, to your point, documentation rarely, uh, rarely hurts. And I can give you an example of, uh, you know, from a surgeon that I was speaking to just last week. Um, he, was, he was taken to court because of uh, infection uh, in a patient that underwent gallbladder surgery. Um, and what was mm -hmm. claimed was that uh, the, the, the surgeon was negligent and allowed spillage of uh, stone uh, from the gallbladder into the abdominal cavity. Um, and when that surgeon who does use video routinely showed the video, um, then this is non-theater. Um, he has, you know, a system that's been going on for, for years, but he was able to mm -hmm. provide the video and show in that video you see the surgeon meticulously using suction to capture each and every stone, stone that he saw in the abdominal cavity. And so that actually protected the surgeon um, from, uh, uh, dur during this process. The, the bottom line is, I think, that um, ultimately, you know, there's this concept of primum non nocere in, in medicine. Like no one goes, first do no harm. No, one, no surgeon goes into surgery in order to harm a patient. Otherwise, you know, this, right, this isn't right. a profession that they choose. And so everything, you know, if, if there is an error and if there's a mistake, the surgeon usually um, tries to rectify it um, and to do their best mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you know they're, they're going in to save people ultimately. So I think that um, this this concept of uh, like a video can actually help uh, more than it could uh, harm, and there are a lot of studies that actually uh, demonstrate that as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a great uh, a great counter to that question. Um, you know, it certainly is interesting that yeah, if you if you are falsely accused or mistakenly accused by a patient, you know that you you did something wrong, uh, you know, you, you have documented proof of the exact procedure, exactly what you did. And, you know, if a surgeon is confident that they're in the right, um, you know, there, it, it, as you said, as you, as your example provided it, it actually serves to protect them in a case of a malpractice suit. Whereas in the past, you know, perhaps the insurance company would have settled or, you know, something like that. Um, so and, certainly, and I, and I, have, and I have to say, like, also, also to that point. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, that's right. I was going to go on to the next question. So just go, go ahead. And... Perfect. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm with you. So the, uh, so my next question was just going to be, you know, what's what's next for theater? You know, the company, the the technology. Uh, you know, what what uh, are there any advancements 
that you're looking to incorporate that you can share with us? Yeah, of course. So I think our, our, our key mission for 2022 is to very quickly um, expand our footprint in, commercially in the United States. Um, I've just come back from an amazing week at Mayo Clinic in Rochester. Uh, Mayo Clinic is, uh, you know, is, is leveraging our technology. Uh, we're working on some co-development with them. Um, and their, you know, their surgeons are just, you know, amazing, uh, both in the mission um, and in their understanding and, and willing to, to be innovators in, in, in this field of routine video capture, analysis, and artificial intelligence in the world of surgery. Um, so that was like an amazing week that uh, that we just had. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, over the the next year, we're we're going to work um, on expanding our footprint and like working with more and more partners across the uh, uh, across the continent. Um, from a product perspective, um, we are plowing forward towards real time decision support. This is a holy grail in the world of surgery. For us, it's uh, simply another dot on on the roadmap. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. we know where we're heading, and there are a lot of other things that we're interested in. Uh, you know, in pushing forward. Um, for example, you mentioned you know this this concept of like you know the administrative burden on on surgeons. I think earlier on, one of the things that we're doing um, is working towards automating the process of creating an operative report based on video. Um, and so we could automatically oh, wow. generate or auto, automate, auto-populate an operative report based on the video, which would have tremendous impact on the time that, you know, it takes surgeons to deal with all the administrative stuff um, and, uh, and actually allow them, like, to be more human and interact, you know, with their patients a lot, a, a lot more, which is, I think, something that everyone will benefit from. Well, I, I can't imagine any surgeon uh, not wanting a system that will eliminate paperwork for them. <laughs> so yeah, that would exactly. be that would be tremendous. Um, well, that's a fantastic. Uh, uh, it sounds like a fantastic system, and uh, you know, best of luck uh, moving forward with it. Uh, unfortunately, though, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. Uh, I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Tamir Wolf, CEO and co-founder of Theater. And as always, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. So until next time, this has been Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening.